it's the law of attraction, right? If you have this universal belief that the world is full of bad people who do bad things, guess what you'll see? You'll see and attract all of the stories that confirm that bias that you have. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. What's up, y'all? And this is episode number 130. Mm, That's awesome. I love that. 130. I have a couple of what in the worlds. Okay. You ready? Yes. Um, I thought this was kind of funny. We were on a team meeting the other day. We started it off with an icebreaker, and Eddie said, "What was your what in the world?" Or what was your um, my, yeah? My icebreaker was, um, "Who was your favorite vocalist of all, all time?" time right? So I want to know who your favorite vocalist is. Well, you tell me yours. It's uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. yeah. So we have been belting Whitney Houston at the top of our lungs because Jordan, our youngest, <laughs> is getting ready to do a performance actually this weekend at LOXA, the LA County High School for the Arts. We're so excited. Bought all my tickets yesterday. And so anyways, she's singing one of the songs from Whitney Houston. So we've been just rocking out like speakers as loud as they will go (laughs) at nine, 10 o'clock at night. All three of us belting like the best karaoke you have ever seen in the Copeland house. (laughs) So anyways, there's that. So we get on a team meeting. We ask our team. So just to kick it off, let's do a break. Um, what am I saying? Icebreaker. Icebreaker. Yeah. And Olivia, I love Olivia. <laughs> Olivia Holmes, she's been working for me for many years. She says, oh, I have a note actually about that in my phone. Let me pull it up. And we were like, what? And she goes, people ask me things like this all the time. And so I have to write them down <laughs> in my notes so I can reference them so that way when people ask me questions, you know, I know what the answers are. And we started dying. I was yeah, like, I had to pause the call. I was Wait, like, what's I- the title of this yeah. note in your notes, right? And she goes, it's called My Favorite Things. <laughs> so people will ask her, you know, who's your favorite artist? Right. You know, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite food? And I was like, but you don't know this stuff? And she goes, well, I can't think of it like sometimes. So I was so tickled by it. I thought it was the funniest thing. It was hilarious. I mean, and we I think we mentioned her, you know, these notes. I think we mentioned it close to the holidays. Right. How she had a note, which we found very useful. Right. Like, like throughout the we year, kind practice. of cataloging and, and capturing her favorite all her, things like, that her she things wanted. That, yeah, that she wants that she would not buy herself, right. but would love for someone else to buy. So a wish list, shopping list. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it made me think like, 
I would probably pay five bucks just to see all the different titles for her notes, because if she's got one that says, like, here are all my favorite things. Just in case. Right. My favorite smell is mm-hmm. lavender. Right. Uh, this one's favorite smell is gasoline, y'all. I, I like mean, eucalyptus. It's right up there with gasoline. Yeah. Because they're just in the same family. I don't know. It's like, my favorite like smell. I just and tranquility. Like and then, you know, machine engine burn. That sounds good uh, to me. Pollution. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Do you have, do you max? Maximize, you know, all of the features in your iPhone, but do you use notes? And if right. you do, which I use all the time, I particularly use my notes section of my iPhone when I'm driving and right. I dictate into it. So I do have a bunch of random notes, but I thought it was very useful to have a running list of <laughs> things that people could randomly ask you that you might forget. Another question last night you asked was, what was the time where you were the most brave? Mm. And so... Yeah, and I have to kind of preface that, like maybe not the most brave, but a moment that you witnessed bravery mm-hmm. or you yourself acted in a, in a way that was brave. Right. And I think that's an important question to ask yourself because I think it's a lot of times we don't give ourselves credit for the times that we... And I defined it as you feel the, the feeling of fear and you do whatever that thing is you, you're looking to do yeah. in spite of the fear. So mine's every day of my life, but I do think that when you're really thinking deep about things like that, it takes a while to have a good answer. Yeah. So that is something maybe you want to put in a note. I don't yeah. know. We'll yeah. Talk you want to say, say, hey, oh yeah, episode. I've got notes for the most brave thing I've done, right. things I hate, things I love, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, hers was biggest pet peeves. Yeah, she's got one. <laughs> she has a note to remind her of what her biggest pet peeve is, which is, by the way, loud chompers. Yeah. Like, people who eat loud. Well, I was, was like, <laughs> I don't think you forget that, though. Like, So anyways, it was really funny, but that was one of my what in the worlds, and I told her, you're going on the podcast for this. <laughs> And then the next thing I have is, you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't, but Eddie got a new car. He's got a Tesla. He is a feature guy, you guys. Mm. Like, I am very much like, does it do the basic stuff that I need it to do? Good. Get in it. Go. But he wants to maximize everything. Everything. The feature's there for a reason. Right. Right. So he was messing around. He's got this whole light show thing that he shows everyone. (laughs) He's just been like playing with the features to the max. And so he forgets that he changed the sound to his horn the other day and does a like a friendly little toot for somebody to go at like a red light. And it's like, da, 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 and it was coming from your car. Yeah, I blame that, uh, Jordan. We were messing around <laughs> and we must have locked it in because I actually needed to like get someone's attention and it started playing the music. And I was like, what is that? Like it, it didn't register. And I was like, oh my God, that's my horn. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, that was funny. But my one in the world was, so I went on, I was like walking around and I went to, it's called the Americana, right? It's like an outdoor mall. Mm-hmm. And they had this setup, like this like pop-up of a Mercedes New EQ, all EQ electric. electric car, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like really curious because I, as you all know, I just I got a new car, mm-hmm. and and so I'm all I'm like all about these electric cars. I've like researched them. Remember they were play, they were it was on my mind every single day for months, mm-hmm. right? And so I see the Mercedes, and I was like, I'm gonna go check it out. So I go in, I get in, and, and the ladies there, and they've got like a, an army of people at this this like pop up. I'm like this is intimidating. They're that all wearing there. Yeah, they're all wearing black jackets. Mm-hmm. They're all like you like I'm not going over there, right? It's mm-hmm. like a bunch of sharks. So I go over there 
and they're positioned right across from Tesla. Mm-hmm. So they're like in this, in, like Tesla looks out their, their window, they see Mercedes. And I tell her, I said, that's pretty interesting. You guys put put it here. She goes, oh, it wasn't on purpose, but this is just the location. Lies. I was like, well, whatever. Yeah, okay. I'm sure you're trying to like get people shopping for mm-hmm. that. And so I mentioned uh, our friends that were looking for a Mercedes, but they had first started looking for a, a Model X Tesla. Mm-hmm. And so I tell the lady, I said, uh, you know, oh, we have a friend that was shopping for a Model X and they end up getting liking this car. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Tesla, you know, it's a battery. This is a luxury vehicle. Mind you, I just bought a Tesla, right? So I'm like sitting there going, oh, okay. So, so she I, insulted you. So she, yeah, she had no clue. Right. Right. And so I closed the door. I walk away. I didn't even say a word. I was like, oh, all right, I'm out of here. Uh, I have been insulted today. But then that didn't stop. So then I was going to my car in the parking garage. And this older lady looks at me and says, you like electric cars? And I was like, out of nowhere. Right. right? And I say, yeah, I like it. She goes, oh, they're going to start charging you for that electricity. And I go, oh, well, this one here is free. She goes, no, but everybody's getting one, so they're going to start charging you. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, but I could charge at home. And she looked at me and goes, ha, 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 and laughed and, and walked away. And I was like, wait, are we done? Because I was going to tell you, like, they charge you for gas. Right. Right. If, and, and I'm sure people have been complaining about the fact that gas in, in California is almost $5. She just wanted you to be prepared because you think you're slick. But my... <laughs> And then she wanted you to know, oh, they're going to stick it to you, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, the man's going to get you. Right. You think you're slick trying to get out of paying gas? They're going to get you for this power. Right. And then I was like, I'm getting heckled all day long today. <laughs> I am getting heckled by random people. They don't even know they're heckling me, but they're heckling me. But that was my what in the world. Well, you would still choose your Tesla, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love it. it. You know, the autopilot is like the best thing on the planet. Yeah, I have trust issues, so it's a little, yeah, it's a little rocky. You don't have trust issues. You have control issues. True. You don't like to give in to the technology. I'm right. always about technology take me away. Mm-hmm. Right? You are. <laughs> so let's get into today's episode because I think that it's going to be very beneficial to lots of people listening. We started this episode again thinking that if we were friends and getting together for a Sunday barbecue, what kind of topics and conversations would come up that would spark really great conversation And most importantly, how would people contribute to the conversation or Mm -hmm. respond? Mm -hmm. So I want to take you guys along for this journey. And I want you to pretend like we are in the backyard at the Copeland's house and we're barbecuing. And I tell you this story. I want you to really put yourself in the story like we're having a one-on-one conversation. And I want you to ask yourself what your response would be. Be honest you know, no shade. There's no wrong answer. I want you to really be honest with yourself because we're going to talk about uh, something that happened two days ago Mm. that I did share on Instagram. So maybe you guys, some of you know, but I think it's just so important to talk about this. So I wake up one day, um, the other day is Friday morning. I have a ton of things to do for work. I get up early I leave in the car and I had parked in the front of my house. It's 645 in the morning. I have to take Jordan to the train station. I get in my car and I start to take off. Now we live on a corner house. Mm -hmm. It's a big corner house. And so there's like not just like the front of your house that you see. You have a front and a side of our house, which leads into our garage. So anyways, just to paint the picture. So I drive towards like, you know, I'm going to go up my street and then I have to go left and go past my garage. And I noticed that my neighbors across the street, directly across the street from us, there's white paint all over their sidewalk. 
like someone took a can of Home Depot bear paint <laughs> and, just poured and they it put, out. you know, they poured it on the floor and then they got a roller <laughs> and they just really sloppily, you know, painted like going into the driveway from the sidewalk of this house. Right. And so I pointed out to George and I go, wow, look at that. That looks terrible. <laughs> and she goes, why would someone do that? And I said, I think, you know, that's usually what it looks like when you covered graffiti or something. Right. I don't know. Maybe they just spilled the paint and tried to make an art project out of it. I don't know. Right. So we turn left and now we're driving past the backside of our house. And I noticed that there is black graffiti written all over my sliding garage gate. Well, it's That's white. It's white. It's right. stark contrast, huge, like, I don't know if it's gang affiliated, whatever. It's graffiti. It's not like it's a cute picture. It's black spray paint on my white gate. Well, the kicker, so I stop and I go, what the hell? Mind you, we live in a great neighborhood. This has never happened. We've been here 17 years. There's not even graffiti on walls in the parks or right. in the alleys like there's just no graffiti in our right, city right just we are, we a are picture. a graffiti free graffiti free community for the most part right <laughs> so not like where we grew up but right. in this town there's no graffiti just so you understand so i stop with her in the car and i can't spend too much time on it because i got to get my kid to the train station and i'm like what the hell who would do that and she's like oh man that is terrible right and then I go, well, that's the same white paint, though. It's like they spray painted it in black. And then they decided they wanted to take the same white roller that was used at the neighbor's house on the floor. And they did half of my gate to cover it up like white out. Right. But it was really messy, really sloppy. And then it was all over like the floor because they just sloppily yeah. dipped it in and, you know, put it up a couple of sh strokes or whatever right. on the garage. So I go, that doesn't make sense, but I know that somehow those neighbors are affiliated with what happened to me. I don't know if we were both targeted, but whatever. So I leave, I take her to school. I think we mentioned a few times, like, I can't believe somebody would do that. Who would right. do that? That's terrible, right? I said, probably some punk kid, mm -hmm. and we just happened to be on, you know, the corner street. It happens to be a big blank canvas right. and whatever. It's just more of a pain in my ass, and I've got a lot of stuff to do. So that was that. Right. Right. So I come home and I'm thinking my husband's probably going to be very upset because I know graffiti really triggers you. And yeah. like any sort of defacing of property, like when someone destroys something, you get really annoyed. Yeah, about it bothers that. me. It so so I come home. I was super calm. Yeah. Right. And you were sitting at the kitchen table and I said, you might want to come out here and look at this. And he goes, what is it? I said, just put on some clothes, come out. And I said, how long am I going to be out there? Right. I said, just get a jacket. It's kind of cold. And I was really calm, right? Yeah. So I walk you outside and I went first. I hit the corner and I realized that I was so distracted with looking at the neighbor's, you know, paint on the sidewalk that I didn't notice that they spray painted on my house, you guys. There was graffiti on my house, my yeah. brand new remodeled, repainted house. It's got black graffiti all over it. Right. And so I notice it and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, there's another one. Right? And I thought you had seen so that. So now like, Eddie comes out and I just like kind of look at him to see what he's going to do. And you were super calm, too. You just kind of looked at it and I go, yeah, that's not it. And we continue to walk and I showed you the garage. And I don't even remember what you said. I said, oh. You got to be kidding me. Right. Like I said, okay. Right. And I said, well, so I explained to him my theory. You know, I don't know 
if they did it. I don't know if they tried to clean it up, but they did it really sloppy. At this point, I'm not joking you when I tell you neighbors are walking their dogs in the morning and they are stopping and they are hysterical. They're like astounded. Like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Who would do that? Uh, why would someone allow this to happen in our neighborhood? Who do you know who did this? Yeah, I actually I do. It was my brother. I just let him, you know, yeah. spray paint with a black spray paint can. No, I don't know who did this. And yeah. so I start to kind of say, well, isn't it odd that that white paint right there that's on the neighbor's sidewalk is also half on my garage? That's weird. And like we like, have evidence, like yeah. trail. So it's of- like a trail from across the street to mine. I said, so somehow they're affiliated. And he goes, have you talked to them? I'm like, no, we're going to go right now. Hey, friends, have you started a business or thought about starting a business? Or maybe you've been running a small business for years. Well, If you're looking to gain new skills, increase your sales, attract better clients, and step into the next level of business ownership, then we want to help you. Yeah, we know business can be intimidating and overwhelming, and that alone could deter you from starting a business or working through a rough time. Or maybe you're feeling like it's too much. You're not sure what next steps to take, or maybe you're thinking about throwing in the towel. Well, we've helped thousands of business owners move from panic to profit. Yeah, and we want to help you discover how to unleash your confidence, how to close more sales, and most importantly, how to attract your dream clients in just eight weeks. In Passion to Profit, you'll learn how to turn your passion into a profitable actual business. You'll learn how to grow your social media following and create a strategy that makes you feel good about serving your audience. You'll learn how to attract clients that don't mind paying a fair rate for your time, talents, and efforts. You'll also learn the making of a brand and strategies that will help you attract high-paying quality customers. You'll learn how to plan ahead and strategize so that you're not overworked, underpaid, and constantly working on your business. You'll also gain access to our private community of hundreds of business owners that understand exactly what you're going through and can support you through your journey. Yeah, from now until February 18th, our eight-week masterclass, Passion to Profit, is officially open for enrollment. Learn how other small business owners just like you have landed their largest sales ever, tripled their revenue, worked with their dream clients, and opened dream businesses, and so much more. Visit JanelleCopeland.com forward slash enroll now so that way you can be in the next session of Passion to Profit. It's time to start making the money you deserve because your dream clients are waiting for you and your products. Yeah, they want what you have to sell. All you need is a strategy to find them and the confidence to close them. We'll see you guys on the inside. Let's do this. So we go, we knock on the door loud several times. They don't answer. Why? Because I already know I'm calling the police not to report a major crime, but just to say, hey, someone graffitied on my house. Have there been other incidents in the city, right? This is damage. What do I do? Did you arrest anyone last night? Maybe for graffitiing and maybe they did my house. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to call the police. But I wanted to give my neighbors the benefit of the doubt first. They didn't answer. We went over an hour later. They still didn't answer. At this point, neighbors are literally knocking on the door. Our oh door. my God. Yeah. What happened to your house? Um, someone graffitied on it. <laughs> do you know who did it? I do not actually. Is that gang affiliated? <laughs> I'm gonna say probably yes. I mean, I don't really have business owner friends that would spray paint on another human's house, right? Right, right. So it's just interesting. Mind you, I have the busiest day. So I had already mentally prepared for. I'm going to call the police after I like throw some clothes on real quick. And then I just have a busy day and I'll deal with it later. 
but I am damn sure not going to go out there and paint over it because I want it professionally done. Right. Like I had already made that decision the first 10 minutes into it. And I think we were really aligned on that because as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, all right, we got to get the, you know, I immediately went to, we got to get the guys who did our remodel out here. They're going to paint. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take? Right. Right. We need them to spray this on. Mm-hmm. I definitely was not thinking about we're going to go out there and roll some paint. Right. On, just on, to cover it. Right. Just to cover yeah. it. Because, you know, then there's like a free one. Yeah. On rap, so I call right? the police and the police come. One officer, very, you know, helpful. And then while I'm talking to the police officer, someone comes from walking around the block and they go, I just want to let you know, I found the can of white paint and the roller. It's on the block, the next block over, just sitting in the middle of the block. So the police officer and I walk over there. So we're like collecting blues clues. Honestly, (laughs) people were messaging me like, you are CSI up in here, Right. right? So I just want answers. I go back. The police officer and I go knock on the neighbor's door. No answer. I know that it's associated, but I don't know how. Right. So then Eddie leaves for work. The police officer leaves. He says, if you find anything, let me know. If we catch him, do you want to press charges? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. That's pretty jacked up. He goes, how much do you think it's going to cost you? Here's a little what in the world. I said, I don't know how much it's going to cost me to get my contractor out to come paint this whole half side of my house in my garage. And he goes, do you want to go inside and ask your husband? I said, "Uh, (laughs) no, you know, that's triggering for me. I said, my husband's not going to know how much the cost is. I'm going to know how much the cost is because I handle, you know, stuff like this. And he goes, oh, okay." I said, I'm just going to say max like a thousand dollars or something. So whatever. So he leaves. I go sit down. I start, you know, drinking my tea, doing my work. I've got meetings, this and that. I am not exaggerating when I tell you 16 people throughout the day are either stopping me as I'm going in and out. They're crowding around my house. They're taking photos. They're calling me. And I just I guess my concern is, is like, what would your response be if someone did that to your house? Yeah. Because clearly I've already told you, like, I'm compartmentalizing. Like, it's jacked up, but mostly it's more inconvenient and I'm annoyed about it, right? right? right. But I have so much to do that I don't have time to really waste time on this. Right. Right? And, and nor did I. Like, I saw it. I went out there. We knocked on the neighbor's door. I had a, a tight morning. I had to get to you know work on a certain time. And so immediately I just said, all right, well, you know, we're going to have to get this fixed. And <laughs> so on with the rest of the day. And then I kept hearing about like the different people. So I called you. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm super annoyed now because I have shared the story. I've shared the evidence. And the only reason I'm entertaining talking to the neighbors is because I understand you're expressing concern. But they were genuinely concerned. Like my house was targeted. Like some gang was going to come blow it up. I'm like, guys, it's graffiti. I understand we don't want it in the neighborhood. I damn sure don't want it on my house. But I am not going to go get a can of blue paint, you know, which is what I have for the interior of my house and just start rolling over the outside (laughs) of my house. And then it looks like a freeway underpass. Just to make you feel comfortable. (laughs) And so I'm not joking. One neighbor came to my door and literally was crying. (laughs) I can't believe what the world is coming to. Who would do this? This is so terrible. This world we live in. And I was like, sis, it's not that bad. Like This one act of destruction. Yeah. It's is like, not a reflection not the of, end the of the world. Right. right. 
And I thought all day long, like people have kind intentions. Right, I, I know right. that they do. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't express concern. I, I appreciate everybody that stopped by, offered to help, offered to ask questions, whatever. And literally, you guys, someone around three o'clock like knocked on my door and said, I have a can of paint that I wanted to bring you because I know it's been there all day. And here's also a paintbrush. I really think that you should go outside and at least just cover it because you just don't want this to like come back on you. And, you know, and I at one point I was like, OK, thank you. I took the paint can. I put the brush down and then I started to get a little like in my head. I was like, am I downplaying this? Because I'm good at just not caring about stuff like that. I said, maybe I'm looking at this wrong because everyone else wants me to freak out and everyone else is responding to this at like a level 12 and I'm at a solid four. Like right. maybe if I think about it, I'm at a solid four. I'm annoyed, right? So I call Eddie and I go, what the fuck? Like, am I supposed to be making this a bigger deal? You know, people have been coming all day long and it's a thing and I don't have time to go outside and sit there and paint my house, you know? Right. I'm annoyed because I've been trying to get to the gym all day and I haven't worked out. And now I either have to choose between painting the graffiti or going to the gym in the 30 minute window that I have. And you said, yeah, I don't I don't think you should paint. it." No, I was like, <laughs> uh, no, because, you know, the thing is, is that I didn't want to make it worse. And what I mean by make it worse is it's already graffiti on there. You go out there and you paint over it and you know how paint is like. You paint over something and sometimes you still see the strokes of what you, you you thought you were doing the right thing of trying to cover it up. And all you did was make it even worse. Yeah. And so now you have to put several coats over it so that you don't see what you were trying to repair. And the thing is, is that I, I appreciate the neighbors and, and it's also a testament to the type, the type of neighborhood we right. live in. Right. It was they looked at that and they were disgusted by it. And yep. so they wanted to do something and say something. So I get it. But I think that there are in conversations, even when I was sharing it with different people, a lot of times their responses are, oh, my God, I'll be losing my shit right now. I'll Absolutely. be I'll, I'll be losing my mind if somebody did that. Oh, my God, I'll be so upset. Like, And I think it's myself. I just didn't get there. Like, mm -hmm. I just I just didn't get there. And I think I think over the years, through the things that we've gone through, and we'll talk a little bit about more some of those things in detail, like we realize when. When you have obstacles, especially right now, like we're, right now we're in the process of, of uh, you know, we're working on the business. We've got some things that some mm -hmm. due dates, important things that are the number one priority. And this is just an obstacle. Right. This is a distraction if you allow it to be one, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's, and so like at one point you said, shouldn't you be more embarrassed that it's on your house <laughs> yeah. than everybody else is embarrassed that it's in their neighborhood? And I was like, I just wanted to like check in with you because I don't care. Like right. obviously everybody else cares, but I shouldn't be out there painting this for everyone else. I really was just intending to call the contractor and just wait a couple days for him to come. And, you know, maybe I wasn't responding as quickly as I should have. And I just needed to check in with you. And then I just got so annoyed that I finally took the paint that the guy brought. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over the black. And it is a primer. So I put it on my house. So I'm out there. And you guys, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that I'm painting <laughs> over this only because I wanted to kind of pacify the neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. Not because it was important to me, but, but just because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Right. So I don't want you knocking on my door crying or and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I know it all was coming from a good intention, 
but I had dealt with it all day. People were like, you should call the police. You should ask all of your neighbors if they have ring cameras. You should, everybody had, you should go to the courthouse and, you know, when you find out and you should file a restraining order and you should this. And I'm like thinking in my head all day long, people have a lot of time on their hands. (laughs) I don't have time to do that. Right. 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 And And there's nothing wrong with how you choose to handle this. But I guess this conversation is worthy because I want to challenge you to see if when you are faced with challenges or things that are just inconvenient or things that are just like, oh, that's kind of shitty that that happened. Do you go to level 12? Because so many people's language all day long was like, I would lose my shit if that happened to my house. Well, I didn't lose my shit. (laughs) And I'm fine, right? And so I'm out there painting furiously now because I'm trying to pacify people. And my neighbor, who was my second option if the contractors couldn't come, he's a painter. He happened to see me and he's like, hey, do you need help? And I said, you know what? I was going to come knock on your door and ask you if you could help me. We work it out. He goes, I'll be here tomorrow at nine. Go down, buy this paint, do this, and I'll be here tomorrow. And I was like, thank you so much, right? Right. And so I go down to the paint shop, I buy the paint, which now I'm annoyed. It's like a hundred bucks. Okay, fine, whatever. But I don't want that on my house. So it is what it is. So the guy at the paint store, he asked me, why are you getting paint? This nice. Oh, my house got graffiti on. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I would be so. So he does the same thing. (laughs) And so I pay for it. And then I go have a nice day. And he goes, let's hope I have a nice day. And I turn around and I go, well, maybe let's try a different strategy. And he goes, what? I said, how about you don't hope you have a good day today? How about you just make it a good day? And he goes, oh, that's good. (laughs) And I go, just try that on for size. But I think that you can will a good day to happen. Right. And I just thought, I'm the one who's probably not have the most favorable day today. And I'm telling you, choose a different strategy because you don't have to hope for a good day. You can make it a good day, right? Yeah, and I think people think that they're aligning with you and this is, I think, is a big a big thing. Like when people, when certain things happen to people, I think we feel like we're aligning with them when we give them an emotion that we think that they possibly should have, right? Oh my God, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I would lose my shit. Like you think that I'm aligning with you. I'm on your side. But more, more times than not, it's like, you're probably making it worse because the person yeah. probably wasn't taking it to that place. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling them how they should be responding to something. And they may listen. Like you start to second guess, like, am I missing something right. here? Right. For all these people to do that. But I also know that they focused on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they made that they, it created an energy for them because they, they left their focus there. So I think that's super important that we acknowledge that. So let's get into some strategies that we think will help you, one, not lose your shit, and two, not hope for a good day, right? Yeah, and I think what we should do, so before we we talk about the strategy, I think let's talk about what many people or a lot of people I interact with when they go through something, an event happens where they go to first, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is is that it's an excuse to lose their shit, Right. right? It's like they're like ticking time bombs, like they're right. waiting to just have something erupt their day so that way they can blame, you know, well, this didn't start off right today. So now it's going to be a shitty day. And I'm like, are you looking for tick marks to right. like lose your shit? It's crazy. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect way to put it. Like, I feel like so many people and if you listen to this, do you feel like you're a ticking time bomb? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that what ends up happening is that something happens, whether it's small or big, and it becomes this eruption of emotion mm-hmm. that actually doesn't necessarily equate to what you're dealing with. Right. Right. You're, you're overreacting in a sense. 
But because everything else in your life is like you're frustrated, you got anxiety, whatever the case may be, this thing happens and all of a sudden you're like, this is it. And then yeah. so you throw your hands up and and we'll we'll talk about an example of that. It was all over the guy in Jamba Juice, but we'll oh, <laughs> lost it. And then another thing people look at is when bad things happen, it is like an affirmation that life is hard, life sucks, the world is going to hell mm-hmm. in a handbasket. And you got this comment, I can't believe what's happening in the world. Like the world is the worst it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. And here's what I call it. I call it stacking, right? So you have incidents throughout your week or month, let's just say, where maybe you saw something that was like rude or, you know, you experienced something that someone did and it was kind of malicious. Like I get that. Those are things that are going to happen. But to like stack and stack and stack and be like, yeah, I I saw this guy the other day. He did this. And then now the world is this terrible place. And, you know, what's wrong with people? If you have that mentality, I think it's just so hard for you to like choose happiness because the universe is going to it's the law of attraction. Right. If you have this universal belief that the world is full of bad people who do bad things, guess what you'll see? You'll see and attract All of the stories that confirm that bias that you have. And so for me, I choose to see like someone helping the old lady across the street. And I go, man, people are great. You know, I choose to see the young person starting their first day later on that afternoon, starting their first day at their new first job at the grocery store and like being helped by their coworkers. Like I choose to see those things even though my house got graffitied on, you (laughs) know? So I don't think that the world is a terrible place because if you really focused on, you know, finding the good, you would see that there's usually a lot of really good things that happen throughout the day. You usually make it to work without an accident. Yep. Every five years or so, you probably will have an accident and it will probably be inconvenient. Right. You usually don't have a flat tire on your way to work when you're in a rush, but once every 10 years or so, you're going to have a tire blowout and it might cause an accident, right? But we don't get in accidents every five days. Like these things are not consistent for us to say, I would lose my shit. You know, great. Right. This is exactly what I needed. I was already running late. And so you that stack all me. of this stuff. It's so, ener- it's like such an energy suck. Yeah, it, it takes so much energy to work yourself up. And I get there's, there's sometimes automatic emotions, mm-hmm. but I think that, one, it makes you look at the situation you know, worse than what it really is, right? When people get to, so worked up about something, they almost exacerbate it in their mind and it's bigger than it really is. Someone wrote in our house. That's what it is. Someone Who wrote was our, it? The 20 people I, that asked me? I said, probably some I, punk kid. Yeah, I have no clue, but we're going to get it painted and we're going to move on. I think it was a punk kid right. that had a spray can. That's, <laughs> right. what, that's literally the answer, right. right? I don't know. Or it was a punk grown-up, but right. it was some punk that had a spray can that said, this looks like a big blank empty canvas, so I'm going to put my shit here. Yeah, and it just wasn't something I think we should sp- spend our time on, but it wasn't also, that action was not a reflection of our world. Right. And like Janelle just articulated, I think it's, it's so important. Like we live in a mostly safe place. Yeah. You walk mostly. down the street and most of the time, probably 80, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, yeah. nothing ever like, happens. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, like nothing ever happens every to you. Day. And so I think that that's, it's important to have that perspective. And we'll talk a little bit about perspective. But I think, you know, when things happen, it's an opportunity for someone to blame someone or blame a situation or circumstance in life, right? 
Like, and then we're not talking about just the house now. Now we're talking about like when things happen in your life, sometimes we look at it and we say, this is an opportunity for me to offload the responsibility on me and blame my circumstance and my situation for this thing happening to me. Right. So I will say that like quickly I moved past it. Now I have a plan. You know, I've got the neighbor who's a professional painter coming over at 9 a.m. I bought the paint, whatever. I'm just going to sleep on it now. Right. Right. Well, my neighbor who has the white painted sidewalk decided that he wanted to come over and knock on my door. And he said, I want to let you know that it was my nephew. He's a punk right now. He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. It wasn't necessarily him that did it, but he's been hanging out with these kids who are like little wannabe taggers. And I just wanted to come over and personally apologize. I've already ordered paint and I have no problem like hosing down, pressure washing all the paint off of your driveway. I will take care of it. And I said, you know what? I appreciate you coming over to tell me. I thought that maybe it was an affiliation because, and I just, he let me explain to him what happened. I said, I did call the police. I did say to press charges, but I appreciate you coming over. And just so you know, before I called the police, I knocked on your door several times because I don't want to be that neighbor that like doesn't try to work things out first, you know? And he goes, um, yeah, he's just hanging out with the wrong crowd. My grandfather has had it. He told him one more time and he's out of there. And it's just so embarrassing. And I said, well, I appreciate it, you know. And I think that that was the lesson is like I just needed for someone to validate that that was like a shitty thing that that someone would do. right. Right. And I said, did you tell your nephew like I literally gave him a hundred dollar graduation cake in 2020 when he graduated and he goes, you know, he feels bad. We had to remind him of that. It's just all around so embarrassing, like for our neighborhood, for our family. And I just wanted to tell you, like, I'll take care of it. I said, don't worry about it. I don't want, you know, you to take care of it. I don't want to take care of it. I have someone professionally coming to do it tomorrow. And so that was that. And I think it's like, I could have used it as an opportunity to blame the kid or to blame them for raising a terrible teenager or to blame the fact that, they should make him come over. So then when I announced, like I said it on my stories, like, hey, it turns out it was the neighbor's teenage kid. He's going through a tough time. So many people were like, well, you need to make him paint it. You need to make him do this. You need- I get it. I'm right. also a parent of teenagers. And yes, I would do that. If that was my child, you yeah. damn sure believe I'm dragging your ass by your ear or your hair across the street. You will apologize. I'm not apologizing on your behalf, but I am really embarrassed, right? Yeah. I don't live in that house. I don't raise those kids. And so I truly believe that in that moment, that uncle did the best that he thought he could. And that's that. So let's just paint a picture. If you are a teenager growing up in a family that is lacking support system or accountability or whatever, for me to go and like lose my shit on that kid, for me to say, bring him over here. I want to talk to him. I want an apology. I want to make sure that he cleans it up. That kid is probably like the trajectory of where his life is right now. He's probably in for a way worse life than me as a neighbor trying to tell him about himself. Right, right. So I'm more concerned from an empathetic standpoint, like I hope he gets the accountability and the coaching and the inspiration that he needs to get his life right. Because we've all done dumb stuff when we were teenagers. Right. We've all hopefully outgrown that, right? He hasn't yet. He's still in the thick of it. Yeah. And And you know, you've hung out with people who are influential on you and you've done something that, man, if I'd have got caught, I would have got my ass beat. Well, he got caught. Yeah. And so 
You know, people were like, you should still go down to the police department. You should still press charges. You should get a restraining order. Like, you should. And all I could think of, it? though, let me just finish. All I could think of was, I don't have time for that. Like, right. it's not my responsibility to parent this kid. It's not my responsibility to judge how he was raised or any of that stuff. It's not my opportunity to blame the family for raising a kid that would do something like this. And there's a host of things. Who would do this to a neighbor? I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to spray paint someone's house, go around the block. But that still wouldn't be good. Yeah. So there's no right way to spin it, I guess. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, we're not saying that there shouldn't be consequences. There's, I believe there's, in there, consequences there be and cons- accountability. Yeah, accountability and consequences. But when it comes to this, I think the biggest thing is you got to ask yourself, like, how much energy do I want to put into right. this, right? How much energy do I want to make this? It's not my responsibility to teach him a lesson, yep. right? And there are times when it is your responsibility to teach someone a lesson. And a lot of times it's because you know the context of that individual. And so you know what type of uh, consequence or what type of disciplinary action is necessary for this person to understand. We have no clue, right? And so from what we can gather, that family has held him accountable Mm -hmm. and has done some things that we're like, okay, that's great. We're glad to hear those things. But And this is what I I was just going to say. When before he left the uncle, I said, can I just give you like some recommendations just based on the fact that I had three teenage daughters? And he goes, sure. I said, you should definitely make him come apologize to me. I appreciate you being here. And he said, to be honest, I'm not his dad. I'm just trying to handle this in the best way that I know how. And I'm just embarrassed at this point. And so I wanted to make sure that someone talked to you. Yeah. And that was more than good enough for me. I'm going to sleep well tonight. Now, if I get it painted and the shit happens again, then I probably would be at from a level four. I'm probably going to be at a heightened level seven, strong seven or eight, because. Yeah. And I think strong seven, eight from a standpoint of that now that the consequences need to be heightened. Right. Not that you're going to be. Emo- I, I wouldn't say we we're going to get emotionally drawn yeah. into this thing. It would be frustrating. It was irritating. It was yeah. you know, an inconvenience, but we would move on. But we didn't make it an excuse to blame other people. And I think a big thing is, and this is a one I think we see in a lot of business owners and we see in people who have aspirations, something happens and they use it as an excuse to stop moving forward towards their goals, mm-hmm. right? And so it could have been really easy for you to say, I have this day stacked with deadlines and things that need to be getting done that are hard, that are difficult, that are not easy. And I can use this situation as an excuse to let all those other things go so I can focus on this right. and that be my day. And just be distracted. And be distracted. And, 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 great and about Yeah. That. And, then, and then all of a sudden, now you've made something that you were a victim of. Now you've turned it into a situation where now you're victimizing yourself. Well, now part of the story is- By not getting the things done that right. you need to get done. And part of the story becomes, and I lost a whole day focusing on this. Well, right. you chose to focus and on And it was this. your fault. Right. <laughs> And so now I'm a victim, right? Right. But I think the next thing that I want to talk about, like the last point is people use things as an excuse to punish someone like beyond what's acceptable for justice, right? So to me, justice was, hey, the family's embarrassed. They talk to him and I'm going to just let them raise him the way that, uh, remember, he didn't actually spray paint on my house. It was someone that he was associated with, that he had a falling out in, and somehow they found out where he lived. We just happened to be the neighbors that were affiliated with it. So technically, he could have just acted stupid and said, I didn't do it, and he wouldn't have been lying. Right. So I thought it was a pretty stand-up thing. Fast forward the next day, the professional painters come out, and you know they're painting, and the uncle, 
he's like, you know, waves at me. I'm sure he feels terrible. So after everything was done, he comes over, knocks on my door and he said, hey, I just wanted to know how much it cost. And I said, well, he's a neighbor. So he did it for about two hundred and seventy five dollars. And he goes, well, the kid's dad wants to pay for it. And I said, are you sure? I don't want you to pay for it. But if the kid's dad wants to pay for it, then I'm all for that. So he leaves, comes back, gives me the money. And I said, did you tell him that I think he should come over and apologize? And he said, I don't think you're going to be seeing him for a while. His dad's actually shipping him out to go to some team like a rehab center because he's tired of dealing with him and he just needs help. Mm. And so the point I'm trying to make is everything worked itself out. Right, right. Right. I didn't have to pursue punishment beyond the justice. I didn't have to tell him how he should be raising his kid or punishing his kid. I didn't have to go get a restraining over order and waste half of my day, you know, focusing on this whole thing because it just works out the way that it's supposed to. And if the kid goes away for a few months and comes back and decides he wants to apologize, great. If he comes back and decides that he wants to get wrapped up with a wrong crowd again, then that will be his choice. I cannot control that, Right. right? Right. So these things just often work out. When you don't lose your shit. And they work out if you make a conscious decision to make sure that they do. And I think like when we think about like things working out, like you think about the gentleman at the Jamba Juice, right? Uh And so if you hadn't seen it, it was on the internet. A viral uh, video. A viral video. And so I'm going to give you the kind of the context that we saw it, right? We see this guy. He is losing his mind inside of Jamba Juice. Mm -hmm. I mean, screaming at the employees, calling them names. You know, using, you know, racial comments, profanity, Mm -hmm. using intimidation, trying to get behind the counter and in their workspace. Uh, And then eventually he throws the the, um, entire Jamba Jamba Juice juice at one of the employees and has a shouting match with them. Well, these things are obviously caught on film, right? And the internet is unforgivable, right? And he's <laughs> trying to break into the back door right. to come in and what? Beat all these girls. They're like 17-year-old girls, right? Who, who knows? He's calling them immigrants. He's, I'm, mind you, this is a, a man in his middle, probably 40s, if not older. He looks like he's well-established. Turns out he's been uh, working for Merrill Lynch for he's over a, yeah. 25 years. And obviously you have some sort of sense, right? (laughs) So he was upset that his kid had an allergic reaction, which has literally happened to us. And Jordan, you know, had an acai bowl from a place just like that. And we had to take her in an ambulance. Like it's traumatic, right? But I'm damn sure not going to go back and interact with employees like that. Like, and so one of the things is is important. We want to give you this as tips and strategies, like, if he would have leaned towards grace first and not vengeance, then he would not have made the situation worse. Right. Because of the fact, and we get it, like you feel like your kid's life is threatened, yep. negligent, people maybe are not competent, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, Been led there. to a place where, you know, you had your kid was hospitalized. We get it, that the emotion is real. But when it turns into vengeance and you want to go after people and you want them to pay and you want them to have a punishment, what ends up happening is now you are the problem. Right. Right. And so now you become the problem. No one's going to remember that you had a reason. The context of why he was doing what he's done gets lost because of the fact that he is so demonstrative and he's so violent in what mm-hmm. he's trying to do that if he would have leaned towards, okay, before I go in there, 
let me get myself together, mm-hmm. right? So let, decide this, what to focus on first. Like, right. Decide what I'm going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want them to make sure my kid is safe. I'm mm-hmm. going to focus on the fact that I'm grateful and blessed that he was safe and he was able to be okay. The next thing is I don't want this to ever happen again mm-hmm. to me or anyone else. Right. So I have to go and say something and I got to make sure they're held accountable for right. it. Right. And so I think two things, that's two tips we're giving you right now. Like, decide what you're going to focus on, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to remain calm and I'm going to maintain a perspective that I'm going in here specifically to address it so it doesn't happen to someone else. Right. So those are two key tips that I think that all of you can focus on when something unwanted happens. Decide what you're going to focus on because whatever you decide on, that's going to amplify throughout the day, right? And then maintain perspective. The perspective for me with a spray paint thing was, I can't fix it and it's not a priority right now and I have bigger issues, so I'm just not going to focus on it right now. Yeah, and you got to ask yourself, like, is this a problem that's in the grand scheme of my life? Is this just a small bump in the road? Right. Or is this a major thing that needs immediate action? Doesn't necessarily need like vengeance and all that kind of things. Mm -hmm. It needs immediate action. So, hey, we need to make sure if and you know the magnitude. Mm -hmm. And and one other thing is that's also another tip is is accept whatever it is as it is, Mm -hmm. not worse than it is, or even better than it is. If it is what it is, like we went outside, saw the graffiti, and it's like, well, that needs to be painted. Right. It is what it is. It's not, and that's where I think where people got lost is that when they saw it, their minds went to, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. This means that house is going to be marked. This means that there they're in danger. The this means the neighborhood is gone. I'm, we're going to now put our house on the market. It doesn't mean any of those things. All it is is graffiti on the house. All that it means is someone decided to paint the house. You creating a meaning is all in your imagination. It's not real. You don't even know why it happened. We had to investigate to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And so we leaned on the kind of the next step. And that's is you got to get curious, mm-hmm. right? Before you start to judge it and give it a meaning that may not be accurate, that only makes you more upset, start asking questions like, like oh, wow, I wonder like what could have caused this? Yeah. I mean, I'm so curious of like, you know, who was behind it and all. And that's fine. You may never get answers on yeah. that. But I think the biggest thing is, is, use, is use curiosity instead of judgment and then giving it a meaning that makes things worse. And here's the thing about the kid. Like you could instantly say, well, he's hanging out with the wrong kids and doing you know, the wrong things, choosing the wrong path. So he needs to be held accountable. Well, that's probably how you parented. Right. Like we tried to talk to our kids. Right. But I know kids. I know parents who have parented their children so well, but the the kid still was rebellious. The kid was still sneaking out. The kid was still doing drugs or it's still doing all these things. So it's not always a reflection of like poor parenting or a terrible upbringing. And so I think we have to stay curious. And I am a big empath already, so I don't have to tell myself to be empathetic. But I'm always wondering, like, what might that kid be going through right right now to be sucked into something like this where you thought that it was okay to hang out with people like this? Does he feel remorseful? Is he in his room crying? Because I haven't seen him in three days now, you know? And so just, I don't know. I'm good to go to grace. Like, I'm going to give you grace. And that's something I think that we can recommend for you. Like, after you're just curious and, you know, a bit empathetic, can you use grace to move past the fact that you now want to burn down their house and you now (laughs) want these Jamba Juice people to pay for the fact that your son's in the hospital. And like, if you immediately go to, how can I ruin someone's life because this has ruined mine right now? I think it's too far. 
in the grand scheme, you have to understand it's not going to make you feel better if you get revenge, mm-hmm. right? And so that I think you have to get to a place like some people automatically want revenge. They want someone to pay. And in some cases, it's appropriate that someone pays, right? If there's a crime committed, you got it's like someone has to pay. There has to be accountability or we'll have chaos. We get that. But for your own sake, for your own mental health, you've got to move to a place that's more peaceful in your heart mm-hmm. so that you can like accept the situation for what it is. And then all of a sudden now you can take whatever the learnings are, you can take whatever it is. But the only way you do that is if you own it. Right. And so like if we would have spent time trying to get them to take care of our responsibility of painting our house, mm-hmm. we would have exhausted even more time. Yeah. Everybody that I talked to that was, you know, at a level 12 was like, they need to pay for it. They need to be the ones calling the painters. They need to do this. And I'm like, it's not really something I can mandate right now. And that won't really get done the way that I want. Right. Like, so we could probably spend weeks trying to like, like if they were unreasonable, we could have spent all this time trying to get them and then exhausting more emotional energy instead of saying, Hey, it's not our fault. Right. Right. We didn't deserve it, Mm -hmm. but it is our responsibility because it's our home to make sure it gets taken care of. And then after that, if we feel like, hey, there's damages and and we've got, you know, authorities figuring things out. But I don't think it's something that you we should be spending our mental energy and focus on. Yeah. And then just to kind of wrap it up, like we spend an entire week in Passion to Profit, our eight week masterclass, specifically talking about your reaction to things. You know, what is your reaction when you see something terrible on the news? What is your reaction when someone graffitis on your house? What's your reaction when your kid does something to piss you off or disobey you. And the reason it's important in a business class is because you are going to hire people that are going to be seeking like leadership and mentorship from you as a boss. Right. And so if you're losing your shit over every little thing, you know, someone didn't hold the door for me. Someone rear-ended me today. This customer is upset. How do you think you're going to be leading a team? You're going to be leading a team with the same level 12 emotional intelligence or you're leading your family or you're leading your family (laughs) like that right and so just that's kind of the point of this whole episode is like what do you need to observe about the way that you react in situations that are unfavorable and do any of these tips help you maybe see i'm probably not putting my best foot forward when it comes to my reactions with my kids who are watching They're not going to listen to you tell them to calm down. They're going to respond in the same way that you do in times of challenge and adversity. And so, you know, there were some other things that happened this week that were unfavorable, whether it's, you know, a friend got a terrible news from a doctor. I think it's important, like one tip we left out, meet people where they're at. Mm. Like if they don't seem like they're worked up, then you shouldn't say, Oh my God, that's terrible. I would yeah. be freaking out if the doctor told me I'm that. Glad you said Did that. you tell the doctor? Did you? Because people mean well, but it's yeah. like if your friend tells you, like, hey, I just found out I have a brain tumor and you know, I've got to have surgery. If you lose your shit, start crying and you make it a big thing. When did you find out? Oh my God. Imagine how that person feels because a lot of people will it's do like that you, to me. But you also, you never know you're introducing right. emotions. And, you're introducing and emotions to me and right. now maybe yeah. I'm worked up. Right. right. And one of the things that I think I innately do is when someone tells me something that's bad news, I immediately respond with a question. So how do you feel about that? Me or, too. Or, you know, how, how's that how working are you taking out? This? Or I'm, and, I, and sometimes I'll say, 
God, that's got to be tough. Mm-hmm. And then I'll respond in a way that I want to understand where they're at so that I am matching them and not introducing emotions or you know, influencing them to feel a certain way that maybe they've got to a place of peace and maybe yeah. they're just informing you and you're now making it worse by like adding to the fire. And I think that that's a habit that people have yeah. that's very unproductive and ineffective but at the end of the day, it harms your mental health and it harms other people's mental health. But so, it's not helpful to the person who's battling whatever it is. No, you know, not like at all. if you get a bad report from the doctor and you tell a friend and they start crying immediately and they're like, oh my God, what are you going to do? I'd be so freaked out. Okay, well, thank God it's not happening to you. It's <laughs> happening to me and I don't want to freak out. Right. And so I think that could be another episode where we just say like, these are some things you should say. One of the things is, you know, wow, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. How are you feeling about it? Right. You know, how are you dealing with that? That must be hard. Is there anything I can do to support you? What can I do to support you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a million things. And then I think the last thing is like, the last two things, we'll kind of couple them together. Bad shit's going to happen. Like, it's just part of life. Is, is it bad? Is it good? I mean, this wound up being a decent thing. I had a neighbor that came over who had our, a- Our a, gate has never looked better. amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, and, we needed that. And I'm thankful. And right. then the guy, you know, the uncle who came over and paid for it, I'm thankful for that. I wasn't expecting you to do that. I just wanted it done right. So I was willing to pay whatever it cost me, right? Right. And if you would have lost your shit on him- he definitely would not have come over with cash. They would have been like, all right, well, you yeah. know, they, they would have owned it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, now you're taking out on me and I'm yeah. just trying to make things Here's right. Here's an old school tip. Right. You catch more bees with honey. 100%. Be freaking nice. Like <laughs> I wasn't expecting, I wasn't demanding, but he was just like, hey, here's $275 cash. We're really sorry. Thank you. Have yeah. a good night. Not thinking about it anymore. Last tip, stop giving so many fucks. We have <laughs> we have a whole episode in the beginning is like about giving less fucks. And I have to use that word so you understand the magnitude. If every day you wake up with like a bank account of F bucks, right? I can only spend these F bucks on things I care about. I am like going to have a savings account of F bucks because people just spend them like they're rich. Like, oh, I'm going to just shell out 20 F bucks on that because that pissed me off. Well, your allowance was 15 and now you're in a deficit, right? So you owe me like F bucks for the next month because you spent all this shit on this one little thing. And it's important that you know, as we kind of close, it's important that you know, we're not talking about being indifferent, like not caring. Right. Right. What we're saying is you got to manage the things that you're focusing on. Get your your emotions in a place that you can actually be productive and help your situation and not worsen it by getting to a place where you act out. You throw Jamba Juice at someone. You go off on a neighbor Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden now you've made the situation worse. It's about understanding like, hey, I don't have the mental energy that to be giving it to this problem in this capacity. I want to make sure that I understand I'm going to have the immediate emotion. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was upset. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, okay, let's figure this out and we'll move through it. But we move through it in a way that I think is positive and productive. Yeah. And it, before you know it, things turn out better than they were in the beginning. Also, lastly, when people are asking me like today, you know, hey, what happened? I'm like, oh, we got it all worked out. Don't worry about it. I don't need to tell the whole neighborhood that it was the punk kid next door. I don't need to do that. Right. Why? Because it robs me of energy. It robs me of time. It also doesn't help the kid. So why would I do that? That's gossipy. And I just think that 
You need to check yourself on like where your energy is going. And I want to preserve my energy for things that matter, like spending the Sunday with my family, right? So everybody that's asking, I'm just like, oh, it worked out. You know, it was great. Don't worry about it. And that's it. I don't need to tell you who did it or how it came to be or who paid for it. I don't need I don't need to be the hero of the story. Right. It just doesn't need to be talked about anymore. So I hope this episode served you. This was simply to have that backyard conversation to make sure that you knew that you had friends, Janelle and Eddie, that care about where you're spending your energy, how you're getting worked up, and how you're taking responsibility for how you show up in your life in the world. So leave us a review and we can't wait to hear from you about this one. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.